Good afternoon, motivators. What's going on? I think today is the 21st of January 2019. It is a very brisk Monday. Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, was it his birthday, or is it the day that he was assassinated? I don't know. Regardless, love and respect to that one. I got a quote hanging in the office foyer saying uh, something to the effect of if you cannot do great things, do a lot of small things the best you can. I boogered that, but something to that effect. If you can't do a lot of great things, do a lot of little things right. Get the little things right throughout your day. I think that that makes sense, right? Uh, the context uh, that we're talking about Martin Luther King Jr. is civil rights. So people, maybe the message is there. If you are feeling frustrated because you can't accomplish all these grand things that you'd like to, or there are itches that you can't scratch, well, maybe you can do you know, the doingness of the tasks of the day. Knock a lot of small things off of your list off your checklist and get them right. I think that makes a lot of sense and that's what I'm trying to do today. Patient after patient, friend after friend, all the little things I'm trying to get right today. If I can do them really well, then my week will be good. And the big shit, those lofty goals that I'm trying to, uh, I'm expecting to get done yesterday, I have to admit that, you know, I can't help everybody and I can't accomplish all these grand things without getting all the small steps in the process along the way, getting them correct. So that's my goal. Um, today I got a, a current event I want to talk about. It's Everybody's talking about it, right? So sounds like there was a some sort of activity down there in Washington, D.C. In the vicinity of the Lincoln Memorial, there was a group of high schoolers from a Catholic high school, and they were there for a pro-life rally. Apparently they had, or a number of them had, uh, MAGA hats, Make America Great Again, Donald Trump stuff. And so they were there assembled with their chaperones waiting for their tour bus to pick them up. In this vicinity, <clears throat> you've got other protesters, as there's always going to be down in Washington, D.C. It's been a long time since I've been there, but I do imagine that on any given day, there are people making protests. Uh, the vast majority of them are peaceful, and whether the issue is abortion or uh, climate change or lobbying for this legislation or that. I mean, I remember when I was in chiropractic school, we took a, a trip, and for several days into the weekend, we you know, uh, championed the causes of chiropractic care and, and legislation that would open it up to the Veterans Administration, so the military, and all kinds of other stuff, just trying to represent your cause. We, we the people, the constituents, we need to do that. We 
need to make our voices heard. And is this not the foundation of being an American? Freedom of speech, right? It's freedom to peacefully assemble. So you got these Catholic kids down there. And it sounded like they were on a peaceful mission to for their pro-life rally. That's cool. That's their right to speak out. You got some group of, I don't know, uh, something about Hebrews, black Hebrews or something. I never even heard of this group. But there were people of color down there. And they were exchanging some, uh, or protesting around this group of white young people. And maybe making some, you know, of course, in, uh, when you get in a crowd setting, your view might become your passion. And then you're yelling and screaming and somebody yells back at you. The next thing you know, you got a tinderbox, the whole thing goes up and the gloves are off. So you got the white high school pro-lifers, you got the black Hebrews, and you got a Native American guy, ancient dude with a drum, and he's singing some sort of chant and beating the drum, reportedly trying to do some healing ritual on these uh, kids, maybe trying to make them, to heal them, that's, that's what's reported, a healing ritual, maybe trying to make them think differently or see somebody else's point of view. I don't know. This is what it seems to me the issue is. Everybody's got the right to peacefully assemble and to speak freely. Everybody's got their point of view and they're entitled to it. Um, when you when you string a lot of people together and get people in a mob, there's a mob mentality, and then folks start doing stupid shit. They say things, they're emboldened. They say things and do things that they normally would not do. And so this is... I think a good thing sometimes when people can get together and champion their cause. And other times it can be a real travesty when people go a little bit too far. And uh, say things they don't mean or they're missed. Every side is trying to get their day in court, so to speak, right? Every, Every side is trying to be perceived a certain way. And, of course, we have the media these days, they, the, the image was that of this Native American guy, the poor Native American uh, besieged, uh, lands taken, land, uh, women and children enslaved and raped and murdered and all these horrible things that we know did actually happen to the Native American communities. I mean, they, they have an axe to grind. But so you got all these different people that make up, that populate America, this melting pot, right? Give me your poor huddled masses yearning to to grow or reach out or whatever the hell that is on Ellis Island. I mean, it's it's just a crazy friggin' thing. And everybody, uh, particularly with social media these days, you you uh, people have a, a large platform, and the the way that an encounter like this, a current event, is reported on can skew the public perception one way or the other. And it seems like that's what's going on. So it seems that these kids, these high schoolers that are depicted staring down this poor Native American drummer guy, 
that they weren't villains. That they just had a, a point of view. And the Native American had his point of view. And the black Hebrews had their point of view. And it's completely possible, in my view, that all of these groups that had, you know, clashed on this particular day in Washington, D.C., that there were good people, well-meaning people, reasonable people, and there were bad people. There's a few louder voices, people who are a little bit more passionate than the occasion requires. And so it would be very easy for there to become, you know, there to generate a confrontation. And so that's my my perception is that though people are mostly good, when you get a bunch of groups together like that, you can take a reasonable person and you can make them a zealot, right? They're going to speak a little bit more loudly about their cause. And if they feel heat coming from some direction, some opposition, they're going to scream louder yet. And they might say and do things that they otherwise would not do. And so this is kind of the Achilles heel of peaceful uh, peaceful assembly and peaceful protest is that you're going to have somebody, let's say you got, <clears throat> let's say it's women's rights. You're going to have a bunch of women out there that go out, bring their daughters maybe, maybe some of them wear the pussy hats and some of them are, are more subdued, kind of just go out there and head out to the protest down in Philly for their pro, for their uh, with their co-workers about a common issue. And then somebody throws something or somebody spits or somebody uh, cites a um, profanity. And then the gloves are off. And it's, it's very hard to uh, put it in reverse at that point. Think about the Black Lives Matter protests, right? So we have some, certainly have had some wrongful deaths, if not outright murders, by police officers on, um, you know, toward the African-American community. We have a very poor relationship with, with these communities. I mean, there are exceptions. The exceptions, perhaps, are that, um, you know, these occasions were countless occasions where the law enforcement community acts appropriately and respectfully to any citizen. But there's always going to be an occasion, and it'll happen today in America, where somebody is going to, you know, be in a traffic stop, and they're going to, um, whatever, the cops, I, I don't want to do their job, it's very difficult, it's very challenging, it's, uh, it doesn't have a lot of room for error, but there are some occasions where some black men have been murdered, have been killed, shot to death on traffic stops when they had no weapon and had no ill intent. And even in some occasions where a kid had like a water pistol. I mean, these things can and do happen. So, Black Lives Matter, for a while there, they were doing some riots and protests. And there's the people who represented the, the, you know, the organizers of that group. They would get on the, the news and they would take questions and 
they would speak about their cause and really plead their case and then somebody from their camp would be at a protest and next thing you know people were throwing blows somebody gets hurt somebody gets shot and the tension increases at that point between that group and whatever is the opposite of that group the police the establishment um And so, you know, these things are predictable and they've probably been a problem for mankind since, you know, we've been what you could consider civilization. Shit can go off the rails. The Boston Tea Party had happened, right? Protesting, throwing tea overboard, no taxation without representation, some guy fires a musket in the air and a ball comes down and kills somebody there's hell to pay you know then it's an armed conflict so if I would say anything just from a civilian perspective cooler heads prevail man try to think rather than act try to think and rather than feel try to override um, some of your anger and your and your frustration and your um, passion about a given topic, override that with the feeling, the sentiment that, you know, let's keep it friggin' clean, guys. Speak your piece, but let's not get no need to resort to violence or to point the finger to assuredly in one direction or the other because we all need to live together here can we do that peacefully it's it's really questionable it seems very questionable that we're going to be able to do that that we'll be able to overlook some of our rather strong viewpoints and balance them out with being objective being scientific it's almost impossible. But, you know, Trump talks about fake news and this poor representation of the exchange, uh, maybe a hasty rush, uh, rush to judgment on behalf of certain news organizations, kind of made him correct in this instance, it seems. Right? kind of made made him right in this particular instance where we didn't have the full story, we haven't watched the entire video, and now things were, you know, it seems like everybody's got a little egg on their face. These high schoolers, they, they were largely peaceful. They weren't trying to create any problems. They were trying to speak freely, which is their right. Peacefully assemble, which is their right. Who knows what the intent is of the other groups? Are they Satan? No, probably not. So everybody has the right to uh, their First Amendment right. But you shouldn't, it shouldn't get to the point where it spills over into something bigger than speech, where all of a sudden it gets, the, the 
tension mounts and it drives people further apart because we're already pretty far apart right now. We are polarized. There's one thing I can say about you know the MAGA hats. Again, it's your it's your right to, to be of a certain political orientation or whatever. If you're a Trump supporter, then you know that's that's your right. But this president should bear some of the responsibility for the way that its citizenry the citizenry regards one another because he's a very divisive figure. He's a polarizing figure. He's a very controversial figure. And so those red MAGA hats, they've, they've um, become something more than, you know, um, than literal. Make America great again. First of all, it suggests that America is not great any longer and that we need to be great again. That all the, our talk about being American exceptionalism, us being the best, is not true. And that somehow we need to take things back and we need to, we need to um, transform everything back to 1950 or whatever. Also, President Trump has more friggin' skeletons in his closet than anybody we've certainly ever had as a president. And there's more comes out every day. And he says more. If, let's say all the accusations against him were false. He says more things. He speaks to people a certain way, in a very div- divisive way, in a very polarizing way, and oftentimes in a very hurtful way. And so when you, when you see a group out there and they've got red hats on, they might as well be swastikas to some people because you're, the other groups are going to regard those hats as Donald Trump, rightfully as Donald Trump supporters, and he stands for a lot of things that um, America doesn't think it should stand for, that our country shouldn't stoop to that level. And he's got a lot of cleaning up to do, man. I don't know if he could ever do it. You know, there were times when I thought that, uh, I was hopeful that at some point Donald was going to take the stage and say, hey, listen, guys, I'm all that shit I was talking I was just trying to win. Now I'm here, and let's get down to the business of governing and helping to steer this country in the right direction. I'm open to everybody. Let's talk about these things, and let's not come to any impasses that are going to hurt the American people. Let's help the American people. Um, and I think that, in know, some strange way, that was his intent, but he is not a good olive branch kind of guy. Like, he is a very loud, antagonistic voice, and a lot of his bad publicity is is deserved. So, what do we do? These sort of uh, kinds of clashes are kind of inevitable, and it's a sad day for America. Um, but we certainly need to scrutinize, I think more than ever, who we're talking to, and what company we keep. Remember that even in the greatest um, group, I mean, I, always, I told a story a while back on this, um, I'll give you for instance, uh, I told a story a while back on this podcast about an occasion when I was 
17, 16, I was, I was 17. I was in the delayed entry program to become a United States Marine, go down to boot camp. So we were at this field meet. We met in North Jersey and all the New Jersey Marines that were going to go to uh, boot camp. We all met. We did things like pull-up competitions and push-up competitions and um, tugs of war and, and stuff like that. Ran in formation. It was maybe a 100 of us. And we were out there at a local park doing all this on such a beautiful day. This field meet was like a Saturday. Well, these two girls come by and they were roller skating. They were um, rollerblading. And they pass by and, of course, all these young men are ogling them and looking at them. And they're, and they're tight and they're short, so they're active wear or whatever. Which is probably inappropriate enough. But not something that young testosterone-filled men could necessarily control, and it was the 90s, so maybe a little less mature than we are today. So one of the girls on the rollerblades wiped out. She fell, and she hurt herself, you know, scuffed her knee up pretty bad, and she was humiliated in front of a hundred young men, and a good number of us laughed, just in the way that you'd laugh at our funniest home videos a clip or something like that. It was just, it seemed funny. And here we are, these young, virile, um, strong, confident, um, tougher than we, you know, we wanted to be, we thought we were tougher than we were, type of little of, of bastards. And we laughed right in this girl's face as she fell to the ground. And I remember the courage, her, she stood up and swiped off the, the gravel out of her knee. And her friend came over to her, and she helped her up and limped her away on the rollerblades. And then she said, you know, you guys are Marines. You guys think you're men. You're a bunch of little pieces of shit. And in fury and humiliation, uh, these, these young ladies rollerbladed away. And I bet you that their impression of military-age men was completely altered forever after that event. It was tragic. But you know what it was? If it was a, a few of us, we probably would have ran right over there and picked her up and carried her away and, and really treated her, um, you know, helped her to heal. But because there were scores of us there, maybe a hundred young men, it was something to gawk at and laugh at. And everybody, we kind of stood there paralyzed. Some laughed it off and said, fuck you. Um, but I kind of felt like a piece of shit for just for being in their company. And so it's entirely possible that when you're in a mob that you can become culpable and you can become uh, swept into these sorts of um, incidents. And it's a shame. So I would just caution everybody from being too hasty uh, to rush to judgment or to get inside of a movement, quote-unquote, and assume all of its tenets. Because as individuals, we also bear the responsibility, should bear the responsibility, to, um, to do the right thing and to pull the reins back on those of us who are in our company. I mean, you ever get together with a group of people and, and get out there and, and um, you know, you're walking through, uh, you know, let's say you're down the boardwalk with your buddies and, 
if it's just you and your one or two buddies, you're okay, but you have five or ten or a dozen. You ever see, you ever, for instance, go to the boardwalk uh, in the summertime around, um, I know they have, um, like when the high schoolers go down there and they stay for the weekend, they probably all get drunk up and they stand in circles and there's guys and girls in the circles and there's another group and somebody says, hey, loser, and everybody turns around and postures up, gets up in arms, and people are scurrying between these different factions and probably like the whole rendition of a breakfast club working itself out there, right? The, 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 the jocks and the nerds and all that stuff, these different communities of people, uh, different rival high schools down there. Um, and they say and do things inside their little cliques, their little mobs, that they would never do when they are solo. So keep that in mind when you're judging any large group of people going after one another. Another uh, example of this is when my, um, my one buddy posted something about Antifa versus, I don't know, who's, what's the opposite of Antifa? So Antifa seems to be like a, a neoliberal movement where... Um, anti-fascist or whatever the fuck that they are. I don't even know what they stand for, but they seem very unreasonable left-wing group. And then, um, and so these are the people that would would show up when, let's say, a uh, an author or something like Jordan Peterson would go to speak at a college. These Antifa people would be there and they would shout them down and you know scream from the audience and stuff and try to prevent them from, from speaking. Oh, how is that? That's that's blocking free speech. What's up with that shit? Blocking ideas, the flow of ideas, and that shouldn't be uh, legal. Okay, so there's Antifa and there's another group, and they look like a bunch of veterans and meatheads and stuff like that. And they meet in a there's a video where they meet in the street and they just like something out of um, police academy, citizens on patrol, where you've got like the inner city. The, gangs come walking around the corner and they meet and they're all of a sudden they boom everything explodes and they're fighting and hitting each other with weapons of opportunity breaking bottles over their heads and two on one and really hurting people people do stupid shit inside large groups back when i was in the marines we would do training on stuff like this riot control where here we are with our um our shields and our batons and our helmets and we have to organize ourselves my platoon let's say 30 guys organize ourselves to respond to a unruly mob uh, that was played by another group of marines and they would throw rocks and simulated Molotov cocktails and all this shit at us and we would have to somehow organize and hold the line and not let anybody through and push them down the road and step forward push push them back push them back pushing back, way back, whatever you got to do to maintain the organization and hold the line. Those are two, two completely opposite forces when you've got an, an, an unordered um, mob like that that just comes at you from every angle and taunts you and you know, throws things at you, and then you've got a bunch of basically a, militant, a military force that's trying to control that. It, those two don't mix very well, and I saw that as we trained, uh, that you know people do crazy shit. 
one time my buddy Char was coming at me he was one of the aggressors and he came up to our line once again I got my um, shield and my plexiglass shield and my baton and he came in and got it a little bit crazy and I tapped him on the shin with my baton it hurt like a bastard right so he, he found a baton pulled one away from somebody and started like wailing like swinging for the fences on the um, on our plexiglass shields and he busted one in half it's crazy man so cooler heads prevail don't be an asshole